Tom Woods Show, episode 2110. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hey, everybody. I'm giving away three free courses from my Liberty Classroom. One of them is ex-Marxist Michael Rechtenwald teaching you about critical theory so you can understand leftism and fight it better, as well as our course on how Alexander Hamilton screwed up America and the history of the conservative and libertarian movements. Check it out at 3freecourses.com. Hey, everybody. Tom Woods here. I am joined today once again by Andrew Torba, who is founder and CEO of Gab, the social media network dedicated to free speech. Well, it's pretty timely, I would say, to be talking to Andrew Torba, given what's been going on with all the controversy surrounding Elon Musk and Twitter, and the absolute horror that so many people are expressing at the prospect of Twitter allowing dissident voices to speak once again. So I thought I'd talk to Andrew because, of course, he's built something at Gab that goes beyond a social media network. He's built pretty much everything you need to be independent on the internet, not just his particular platform, but what happens when they take away your payment processors and they take away A, B, C, and D? Well, he just develops his own A, B, C, and D. And I think it's a useful illustration that other people who are also involved in trying to build some kind of parallel internet or parallel economy or parallel society might well learn from. So, Andrew, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. This seems like a pretty timely episode, isn't it? And people might think you wrote to me, thinking I've got to get out there and get on. No, 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 I wrote to you. I was thinking this is an interesting moment because I read the letter you wrote to Elon Musk. That actually is what prompted this conversation. I read that and I thought you made a pretty interesting case. And what I really want to do more than talking about him, although I'm certainly glad to do that, is to actually go through all the different things that you have done with Gab to insulate it from the crazies. And, you know, sure. they, they try to make it sound like they're being reasonable. They say, oh, go build your own X. You build your own X, and then they take Y away. Well, so go build your own Y. And then you do that, they take that away. But yet you have built an X, a Y, a Z, an A, a B, and a C. Right. You have made almost a completely self-contained universe with Gab. Right. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. First of all, how do you describe Gab to a person off the street? Gab is a free speech social network and the backbone of the parallel economy, which is the free speech infrastructure of the internet. Gab started about six years ago, which is crazy. I've been doing this for six years, blood, sweat, and tears. And like you said, when I first started this, I just wanted to create an alternative to Twitter and Facebook that upheld the First Amendment as the standard for political speech on the internet for all people, you know, including people that disagree with me and hate me and like to call me out and attack me and attack my family and all these things, right? I get a lot of criticism. You know, there's a lot of people on my own site that really do not like me, but, you know, they are entitled to their opinion. And as long as their opinions and what they're saying is protected by the First Amendment of the United States of America, it's allowed on our platform. And the powers that be, the regime, whatever you want to call it, did not like the fact that we were allowing people to have a voice on the internet that they did not want to have a voice on the internet. So, you know, it went from build your own social network to, as you mentioned, 
we've been banned from four or five different banks. We've been banned from every major payment processor. We've been banned from every major cloud hosting provider, email services, third-party analytics tools, every aspect of internet infrastructure, domain registrars, every aspect of internet infrastructure that is required to run a platform like Gab or a platform like Twitter or a platform like Facebook on the internet, we have been totally systematically no platformed and banned from. So we had to, over the past six years, build up everything, not just an alternative social network that defends free speech, but in order to make that happen, we had to you know, spend millions of dollars building our own servers, our own data centers. We physically manage the hardware, the actual hardware, our actual servers, which is like unheard of these days. Most startups, you know, including the big startups, including the big players in the space, like Snapchat, for example, depends on Google for their hosting infrastructure. A lot of people don't know that, that all of Snapchat's data is hosted on the Google Cloud. Right. And, and a lot of startups, a lot of big companies depend on Amazon and, and Microsoft cloud infrastructure to scale and to handle a lot of the traffic that they're getting so that they don't have to do that themselves. We didn't have that luxury. We tried taking that approach and we got banned from all of those cloud hosting providers. So we had to go out and buy physical servers <laughs> and, and put them in racks and maintain them and upkeep them and maintain them and expand them and all of this stuff ourselves. Right. And we did that. Not only that, we built our own payment processor, which is GabPay. It's basically our alternative to PayPal. We built our own email infrastructure in order to be able to send out mass emails, things like a password reset. Something as simple as that. Like We were dependent on, and most sites are dependent on, something like a MailChimp or a MailGun or some third-party service to send emails. We don't have that luxury. We've had to build it all from scratch, and that's exactly what we did. And that is why Gab is the largest player in the alternative technology space, the leader in the space, and the most resilient in the space. Because we do not depend on, for example, the Apple and Google app stores or Apple and Google hosting and infrastructure. We don't depend on the Valley, on Silicon Valley or on their infrastructure at all. And because we don't have a choice. <laughs> if, we, if we try to depend on them, we get banned from it. And they have control and they're de facto running our business. And, and I wasn't going to play that game. We were approached by Apple and Google and they said, you know, if you just ban this or that, or if you just don't allow this and don't allow that, then we'll allow you on the app store. But you know, it's always a slippery slope, right? It's like, okay, if you ban hate speech, which, you know, is this arbitrary term that, you know, basically didn't exist in our lexicon up until the 1980s. If you ban that, well, then the next thing is medical misinformation with COVID or whatever, or it's election interference with the elections. Their excuses are, are continuing to grow for the things that they're not allowing. And basically, they're not allowing any form of dissent, any form of dissent against the narratives of the regime and the ideals of the regime and the values of the regime and the morals of the regime. That is what is being impressed upon really all of society across the whole internet. And Gab is the one place where you know you could still speak your mind and speak freely and speak openly without having to get worried about getting thrown in time out for having a political opinion that Silicon Valley doesn't like. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, our story and how we kind of overcame everything and all these challenges that we faced of being banned from app stores and banks and payment processors and hosting providers. We overcame all of those things over six years. And that's why we're the most resilient and we're the largest all-tech platform on the internet. How early on in the history of Gab did you start encountering these kinds of obstacles? Was it immediate? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was within the first month of us launching, you know, there was an article in, in Wired which is you know, one of the top technology magazines and websites for technology news. 
And they had smeared us as the alt-right Twitter platform. And it's like, here I am, a Silicon Valley guy at the time I was living and working in Silicon Valley. And I launched this new startup, this new social networking startup. And, and of course, everybody that joined early on was all the people that were getting censored, all the people that felt like they didn't have a voice. And of course, that's conservatives and Trump supporters and libertarians and you know all those sorts of people. So the media immediately started attacking us. And once they had that narrative frame on us, that's when you know the deplatforming started to creep up. We were hosted on Microsoft's Azure cloud system for hosting. And we had a back and forth with them of, of them wanting us to ban stuff and, and remove content. And you know it was largely driven by these journalists who were attempting to frame us as something that we were not. Now, it's Gab is not an anarchist platform, right? Like we have rules. You know, you're not allowed to threaten to kill somebody. You're not allowed to dox somebody or post their private personal information without their consent as two examples. But you know, if you have a political opinion, if you have an idea, if it's comedy, which one of the big reasons that I started Gab is because I'm a big fan of comedy. I like laughing. I, I like <laughs> I like humor. And comedy has become so dry and stale in this culture of you know authoritarian censorship that we're seeing here. So you know, if you have you want to tell an edgy joke or something, you you can do that on Gab. And for whatever reason, you know, the powers that be don't like that. They don't want us to experience joy and humor and get access to different ideas and different opinions that they don't have their stamp of approval on. I noticed that you do have an app for Gab, but of course, people can't get it through the usual stores. So you just have a direct download page, it looks like. Correct. Yeah, you can go to help.gab.com and and walk you through step-by-step how to get the app, not through the app stores, because we don't, again, we don't have that luxury. Apple and Google came to us and said, you know, you have to censor this and ban this person and ban that person and adjust your terms of service and basically no longer be the free speech platform. I said, it's not worth it. We've seen other startups who have kind of bent the knee to Apple and Google, and they've paid the price for that. Like nobody wants basically a Twitter clone that has the same exact terms of service and uses artificial intelligence to automatically remove certain posts and certain words and certain links. Nobody wants that, right? There's not a market for that. So, you know, I refuse to bend to Apple and Google, and you can get the the app, our app on your phone very easily in a couple of clicks. It adds it right to your home screen. It opens up just like a native app does. It looks, it feels, it performs just like a native app, only you can't get it on the app store. So if you want to do that, you can go to help.gab.com and learn how to do that for anybody that's listening. When you were laying out for us all the hurdles you had to jump over and the obstacles you had to overcome, there was an awful lot there. And I want to go back now and maybe take that a little bit more in slow motion because it's not at all obvious to me, or I would suspect most listeners, what you do when banks and payment processors won't do business with you. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> we had to build our own from scratch, right? Like we spent the last year and a half building our own payment processor. What does that look like? Is it crypto? Is it Does it take the US dollar? How does it work? Oh, yeah, yeah. It takes the US dollar and we do connect. We do have some banks that we do work with. I mean, listen, there are thousands of banks in the US. You just have to find the banker that's willing to work with you. Find the banker that shares your values of defending free speech on the internet. So we do operate within fiat, but we are moving towards operating with Bitcoin. I mean, and that's when we first got banned, walking through the challenges, right? Like how do you, what happens when you can no longer accept payments through PayPal or through Stripe or through any of the major payment processors? You you can't accept a credit or a debit card online. How do you run an online business? Well, we were doing it through checks 
to our PO box. People were handwriting checks and mailing them physically to our PO box. So this is old tech. But then new tech, people were learning about Bitcoin for the first time and using Bitcoin to support Gab and to buy Gab Pro and buy merchandise from us and all of this stuff. So that's actually how we survived was a combination of old tech and new tech for the entirety of 2019. And when we first lost PayPal and credit and debit card processing and all these payment processors, our revenue tanked by like 90% that year. But we were able to, by the grace of God, have enough to keep the business, keep the lights on and keep building and get to the point where now we have our own payment processor. Now we have our own servers that we own and control. We have our own email service. We have our own social network. We have our own YouTube alternative. So we've built up all of these things that we own and that we control and that nobody can kind of pull the rug out from under us, which is, you know, even Twitter for as big as they are, like they depend on a lot of third-party infrastructure. And the other big thing with Twitter too, you know, just speaking of the hurdles, like Elon could potentially have all of the hurdles that we went through, right? He could see Apple and Google say, oh, you want to bring free speech back to Twitter? Well, if you're not banning these things, then we're not going to allow Twitter on the app stores. And don't think that this is out of, you know, Twitter's too big. Apple would never do that, right? Is what a lot of people say. But I point to the fact that Apple removed Fortnite, which is like, you know, at the time, it was one of the biggest games in the world, multi-billion dollar business. They don't care. But Fortnite was trying to go around Apple with their payment processing fees. And Apple, you know, was not going to let them do that. So it doesn't matter how big they are. Apple and Google, if you are on their app stores, you are under their thumb. And you're not going to be actually running your own business. (laughs) Apple and Google are going to be running it by nature of the fact that if you don't do what they say, they will remove you from app store distribution. And you're going to have to deal with that. But beyond just the things that we have dealt with, Elon, if he's to buy Twitter, he's got a whole host of other problems. For example, he's got 7,500 employees at Twitter, right? 97% of their political donations in 2018 and 2020 campaign cycles went to Democrats. So he's got, you know, 7,000 employees, 97% of them have donated to Democrats and like not just centrist or, or left of center Democrats, but like far left. Like that is the culture of Twitter internally is it's all extremely far left and thus anti-free speech. So he's going to have to deal with this internal chaos and turmoil of people that are going to go out kicking and screaming or try to take the whole ship down with them as they're kicking and screaming out the door. He's effectively going to have to replace 7,000 people, which is you know no easy task. And it's not something that's going to be done overnight. So he's got a lot of challenges internally that we didn't have because we don't have a culture like that here and, and never did. We've actually, you know, are built on a core culture of free speech. It's like in our DNA. He's got a lot of other, a host of other problems as well. You know, for example, Twitter operates in foreign jurisdictions. They have offices in places like Germany and the UK and other places that do not have the First Amendment protections that we have here in the United States. And because they're operating in those countries, they have to abide by the censorship demands of those countries. And we refuse to do that. I mean, for example, the German government reached out to us last summer and demanded that we censor certain things that they didn't like and that they didn't want German citizens accessing. And I refuse to do that. And now they're you know, threatening us with fines and, and sending us this massive pile of legal paperwork and all this stuff. And that is another issue that Elon is going to have to deal with is dealing with all these foreign countries. Are you going to be willing to really stand for free speech? When you really stand for free speech, you're going to deal with the consequences. And the consequences are you're going to get banned from all third-party infrastructure that is owned and controlled by you know the powers that be, the regime, whatever it is. And you're going to have to deal with these 
foreign countries. You're going to have to deal with the internal chaos of the culture at Twitter itself. There's a lot of challenges here. There's a lot of challenges here. And it's not going to be something where Elon now owns 100% of Twitter stock. And all of a sudden, you know, Twitter is back to 2014, 2013 Twitter, where everything was, everything kind of went and it wasn't as, as crazy it is, as it is right now. But that's just not going to happen. It's not going to be something that happens that quickly. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about Elon? What do you think about Trump starting his own thing? What do you think about the Mercer family, the billionaire Mercer family and Parler? It's like every billionaire is getting into this space of defending free speech online, building alternative solutions. And this just plays into my initial hypothesis, which was the balkanization and the fragmentation of social networking into smaller niche platforms and ecosystems and communities of people with shared values. So what I think that Elon could start here is kind of a a revolt of the left and a balkanization of the, the left side of the internet into smaller niche communities, as we've seen with the right. So you know, on the right, we have obviously we have Gab, we have Parler, we have Brumble, we have Truth Social. There's there's a lot of different alternatives out there. And of course, Gab being bigger than all of those other ones combined and the largest and the first in the space. But I think we're going to see a similar ecosystem develop on the left if Elon is successful. I think that a lot of the lefties, especially you know some of the journalists and stuff, are going to say, we're going to go over to something like a Mastodon. We're going to go over, we're going to create our own Twitter alternative over here that is even more censorship friendly and bans all right-wingers or, or whatever. I, I could definitely see that happening, uh, further fragmentation and balkanization of the social media ecosystem if he is successful. And perhaps even if he's not, just by you know the threat of him potentially doing this could spur that into motion as well. Hey, everybody. Let's take a quick minute to thank our unbelievably great sponsor, Persist SEO. It will help you out of a rut if your business is not going in the direction you want to see it go. So if you're getting buried by your competition online, you can build your brand, your reputation, and your lead flow with digital marketing by Persist SEO. Or if you're a small local business, you're trying to compete against large companies in the service industry, you can increase your visibility with Persist SEO. What if you're not getting any leads coming in on a consistent basis, or you can count them on one hand? Well, the website search engine and conversion optimization that Persist SEO offers can help move the needle to a more prosperous business model for you. And if you're tired of cold calling, and frankly, who isn't, you can use your website as a lead generation engine. And if you're not showing up for your services on the search engines, then get found with Persist SEO's expert search engine optimization. All you have to do is call 770-580-3736 or visit them at ineedseo.help for a free website audit and consultation. That's ineedseo.help. Can you explain exactly what Gab Pay is used for? So Gab Pay can be used by merchants to accept processing, and it can also be used soon, not yet. We're in beta testing with this part of it right now, but for peer-to-peer transactions between users. So, you know, I like something that Tom posted on Gab and I want to give him a tip. For that post, I can send him 10 bucks to his Gab Pay from my Gab Pay account, which is hooked up to both of our bank accounts, and I can send it right to you. You can withdraw it to your bank account. That's what it's about. Is it's basically about creating an alternative to PayPal that is as easy to use as PayPal, both for merchants and for consumers to send money peer-to-peer or send money to, to businesses that they want to support or if they're buying something. So you were kicked off of 
I guess, at least one email autoresponder service? Oh, all of them, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. all of them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So did you, did, what did you do? Did you hire like a developer to create your own? How did no. you do it? So this is what people understand is when these things happen, when we get banned from something, some part of critical infrastructure, we have to drop everything that we are doing and come up with a solution to that problem. Because you know when we got banned from all the mass email providers, Mailgun and MailChimp and all those types, we couldn't even send password resets to users. <laughs> we couldn't send transactional emails to users. Like, you, you know, you got a new follower, come check it out, that type of thing. Email confirmations, like everything that email is used for, that was totally offline. So we had to drop everything we were doing for like two months, 60-day sprint of build from scratch our own email infrastructure. And those who understand you know, the technology behind sending you know, millions of emails every day, we'll understand that this is no easy task. And that's why a lot of those services exist like Mailgun and MailChimp because building your own email server <laughs> to be able to send millions of emails is not an easy task. And even once you you have to build it up over time because of the IP reputation issues. So you know, even once we got it built, 60, 90 days, whatever it was at the time, a few years ago, we had to spend you know, six months to a year building up the reputation. And, and for a long time, a lot of our users would just like would not get our emails because our, our email reputation wasn't high enough from our IP. So like working through all of this stuff, oh. just to send an email, Tom, it's like a year of work, right? Like It's like- Yeah, yeah, people, people have no idea. What's about, even just what you just said about the deliverability of emails. Right. People right. don't realize what a major problem that is. That's why, that's one of the reasons that you need an email autoresponder because- that company monitors the quality of the emails that's being sent Correct. out to make sure they maintain a good enough reputation that these emails get delivered and also that they don't wind up in the awful promotions tab in Gmail right. and stuff like yep. that. It is yep. a big, big, big headache even when you have an established thing that you're a member. You know, it's a headache for me because I well, use some of these platforms. It's a headache for me I don't, and I don't have to start my own. I mean, that's the thing is that we have... With inside of Gab, people think of Gab, you know, a lot of people and they'll say, oh, it's the Twitter knockoff, Twitter alternative, right? It's like, no, 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 no. We have several businesses within the core business, right? Like that is a whole ecosystem that we have that we've had to build from scratch. Is like, no, we have a hosting arm of our business. We have an email arm of our business. We have a payment processing arm of our business. We have a YouTube arm of our business. So all of these things come together to make up Gab and it's actually much bigger. It's really the free speech internet at this point. It's not just like, oh, it's, an alternative to Twitter, they have free speech. It's like, no, they have the whole infrastructure. They have the resiliency because any of these guys that get big, like look at what happened to Parler where you know it became a threat and uh, it was number one on the app store, whatever, just like we were, by the way, we were number one on the Google Play store when they pulled us off. And you know that's what happens. Anytime they get even remotely big enough to challenge any sort of monopoly power that these people have on the flow of information and on the flow of news, they will cripple you at the kneecaps. It only takes one you know, little cog in the infrastructure to take the whole thing down. So for example, they take down the email server, right? Uh, like they did with us. And now all of a sudden, new users that are signing up can't confirm their emails, so they can't get in. They can't use the account, right? It's just, it causes chaos and distractions for your engineering team and all this stuff. And, and it, in, in Parler's case, it crippled them. They never recovered, even though they capitulated to the app store and, and baked in artificial intelligence to ban hate speech and all this stuff. They never recovered and like, our blog gets more traffic than all of Parler does today, for example. So we never bent that knee and we just you know, kept building. And 
I think people can sense the authenticity and, and the realness of what we're doing. And, and, you know, I wouldn't be doing this for six years, giving up six years of my life if this was just about money, right? Like I'm doing this for the future of, of our country. And, and, you know, I have, I have two children, Tom, and I worry about them. I worry about the future that we're building for them is they need to have free speech too, especially on the internet, like I did when I was growing up. And they need to enjoy the same freedoms that, that you and I had when we were kids. So that's why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing it for your kids. I'm doing it for anybody that's listening. Their kids too is like, we need to have free speech. We need to have the free flow of information. Otherwise, what makes our internet any different than China's, right? Like what is different? And in some cases, it's actually worse. So that's why I do what I do. Well, in a way, in, I don't know about comparing them, but in China, I probably know what I can say and what I can't. But sure, what's sure. bizarre about Twitter is that you don't know what it is that's going to provoke them. <laughs> it could be something that 100,000 people just said five minutes ago, but right. they just, the hammer comes down on you. You don't know what's going to happen. I've right. seen you use the term parallel economy. What does that mean to you? So what we're doing is we're refusing to participate in this fallen economy, this wicked economy that we see where you're not allowed to have an independent opinion. You're not allowed to dissent at all. Their values are being kind of shoved down our throats in this economy, you know, especially if you're conservative or, or libertarian or a Christian. You know, a lot of the value systems that they're trying to push down our throats everywhere. It's in healthcare. It's in entertainment. It's in, you know, you're buying a bagel and the bagel company has to have a political opinion about the Ukraine or about, you know, the uh, LGBT issues or whatever it may be, right? Every small little business in this existing economy is forcing the regime's agenda and, and belief systems down our throat. And we're just, we're sick of it. So we're going to start our own parallel economy. And Gab is really providing the infrastructure for that at the communication level, the distribution level, you know, with Gab ads, you, you can start a business on Gab, start an account for your business on Gab, run ads on Gab and reach customers who share your values and people who share your values. And that's what we're seeing. And then, and by the way, and then process payments with Gab Pay from those same people who have gap pay. And so it's, it's about creating a parallel system, a parallel economy alongside of our existing economy, parallel to it, only it's driven and grounded on traditional Christian American values. And that is the ecosystem that we're building. And it's very successful. We have thousands of businesses. Some have started on gap, some have scaled on gap, some have grown on gap. But you know this concept of a parallel economy is building an economy that is grounded on traditional Christian American values and supporting people who share those values and propping up and growing businesses that support those values as well versus giving money to people who hate Christians, who hate conservatives, who hate libertarians, and who use that money to attack us and to undermine our values and our country. I have a friend named Ben Settle who teaches email marketing and he's, mm -hmm. he's apolitical, but he's right wing. It's obvious. Right. He doesn't hide it at all. And he, in addition to teaching email, with, I'm sure, some developers, developed a service called Berserker Mail. And mm -hmm. it's a no-censorship email autoresponder platform. Now, I'm sure that was after you guys went to all the trouble of developing one, but he has sure, one that, sure. you know, that can service more than just Gab. You know, it's in principle right. open yep. to everybody. But it was making me think, you are really, you know, because I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of spare time. You are in a position to be a very, very important consultant right now because you have done the pioneering work that so many other people say is too hard to do. There's no way we could 
build all these institutions. But you've built them. You know, you you right. have there's potential for this beyond Gab. Right. Right. And and that's where we're going too. I mean, that's where we're going with Gab Pay is, you know, allowing other merchants. Like it started as our own thing. You know, we built Gab Pay so that we could process payments for Gab, right? Like that, that was the original impetus and now we're opening it up to other merchants so that they can accept and not have to worry about getting banned from PayPal or from Stripe or from dozens of other third-party payment processing platforms. And we could eventually offer all of the infrastructure that we have in theory. I mean, I, I don't want to be like a, an email business, right? Like that's not what I set out to build. It's not exciting to me. I'm glad that somebody's filling that void. That's great. We, in our case, had to build our own internally to not have to worry about that. But I see basically all of these businesses at every level of infrastructure, we're going to start to see pop up alternatives to everything in Silicon Valley, whether it's email, social networking, video, you know, you name it, we're going to have an, a whole alternative ecosystem that, you know, shares and, and protects the values that we love and the freedoms that we love on the internet. Well, it's important what you're doing. And I'm sure there have been times when the problems just keep coming and coming and coming. You must have been tempted at some point to say, this is just, you win. This is too much. Were you ever? Never. Never? Never. Never? Never. Wow. Never. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. Listen, I've been doing this for six years. You are like a comic book hero or something. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I've, I've been in the pit of hell and back and by the grace of God, you know, it's really just goes towards my testimony. I'm, I'm a very public with my faith, but, you know, I saw God take Gab from literally nothing. I mean, you look back to 2018 and we were banned from everything all at once you know, our domain is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a three-letter.com. And at one point for a period of a couple of days, it was kind of basically stolen from us and held in hostage from GoDaddy. So I didn't have even my domain. My CTO quit. We got banned from hosting providers. We got banned from all the payment processes. We got banned from all the app stores. So effectively, Gab was dead. And we rebuilt from ash into, you know, a top 1,000 website on the internet. And that is all the glory goes to God for that. And that's just a testimony to the faith that I have in the importance of what we're doing and the fact that nobody else is doing it. Somebody needs to do it. And if God has chosen me to do it, then I'm going to pick up that cross. I'm going to carry it up that mountain, man. We're going to defend freedom on the internet. If there is one place where people can speak their mind and, and talk about things and share links and have opinions that aren't politically correct or aren't regime approved, that one place is going to be Gab. This isn't a quick pump and dump flip for me. I'm, I'm six years into this already. This is something that I will do as long as I am breathing. It's a long game for me. I look at something like the Drudge Report, which has been around for two decades at least, maybe almost three now, and he just keeps chugging along right? and is now one of the biggest referring websites on the internet still to this day. So you know that's the game that we're playing here is the long game. Gab is inevitable. So long as we survive, we will continue to thrive. The website is just gab.com. That's right. Simple. Yeah. Yep. It used to be getongab.com. Did you buy the, the shortened one? What it happened? was gab.ai was the first. That's the what it was, right. Right. And the thinking behind that is we just wanted a short domain name, right? Yeah, and sure. I couldn't afford gab.com at the time, but then we eventually bought gab.com and, and that became our, our core, our central domain uh, a few years ago. By the way, domain flipping is something I know nothing about, but I'm fascinated by how much some of these things cost. That I, I always want a .com. I don't want to tell you what website I was going to buy because then other people will bid up the price. <laughs> but, but I got the amount back and I thought, ah, maybe. Whereas there have been in the past where I wanted something and, and they wanted 40 grand. 
Yep. And yep. I just, if I thought it could generate enough activity to justify 40 grand, maybe I'd do it. But sure. apparently I am not creative enough to come up with something good enough for that particular site. But I'm not going to ask you because it's none of my business, but I know that capitalism.com went for a pretty penny when Ryan Daniel Moran got it. But for some reason, it does lend you credibility. You know, it is actually an expense uh, worth making. It is, yeah. I mean, at threeletter.com, there are only 26,000 of them, I believe. Like, there's only 26,000 possibilities of threeletter.com domains, right? So that, that alone, and then, you know, it's a real word. It's our real brand. It's short, it's sweet. And it does certainly lend uh, credibility. So it was worth every single penny in our case. And we've made a big return on that investment from several years ago. All right. Well, gab.com is the website. Check that out. Maybe I should link to your Elon Musk letter also on the show notes page. Yeah, let me, I'm going to write myself a note to do that. So that'll also be up at tomwoods.com slash 2110. Continued good luck. I hope things keep swinging your way. It looks like they've, I don't want to jinx you, but it seems like everything they could throw at you, they've thrown at you. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, yeah, it seems well, like it, right? They can, they can throw me in jail or who knows what. So every day that we're online is a win in my book. And we're going to keep fighting no matter what happens and keep building no matter what happens. Oh, good man. Andrew Torba, thanks for your time today. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right, folks, that's our episode for today. If you like and appreciate what goes on here at the Tom Woods Show, don't let this appeal fall on deaf ears. Join me as a supporting listener over at supportinglisteners.com. When you see all the goodies you get as a supporting listener, you're almost going to feel like you got to just give more to justify all the stuff you're getting. That is how generous All Woods is with people who support the Tom Woods Show. So satisfy your curiosity. Type in supportinglisteners.com and check out all those goodies you have coming your way, and I'll see you tomorrow. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.